Welcome to the Improvement Imminent Podcast. I'm Philip Weigel, here with my brother, John Michael. Together, we set out to create a better program that can bridge the gap between gyms and help more athletes improve their fitness. Each week, we ask ourselves, what can we do better? And we challenge each of you to do the same. Our mission is to share our knowledge from our nearly two decades of experience as CrossFit athletes and coaches to help you approach each day's training with more purpose. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Improvement Imminent Podcast. Unfortunately, John Michael and I had a little snafu over the weekend. We thought we had already recorded and scheduled to post the podcast for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, but we did not. And I am just now getting to it on Monday evening. So this podcast is going to be Tuesday through Saturday for you. So sorry that it's late and we missed the day, but here's what's going on the rest of the week. Tuesday, we are going to be doing a pretty classic CrossFit workout. Um, Not classic as in it being named, but just the style of it. It's four time. We're doing 20, 15, 10, and then five of a box hop followed by a power snatch, followed by lateral burpees over our barbell, and then finally overhead squats. So it ends up being a decent number of reps, right? 35, 50 reps of each movement, so nothing too crazy, uh, but at the same time, it's enough repetitions that it'll, it'll have you out of breath for a while. So when you're going through this workout, we've got it prescribed at a standard box, 24 inch for guys, 20 for ladies. Uh, The power snatch and the overhead squat are using the same bar prescribed at 55 pounds for guys, or I'm sorry, rather 75 pounds for guys and 55 pounds for ladies. Um, That's meant to be a weight that you can really hold on to and kind of string a decent number of reps together, maybe even thinking about going unbroken. Um, Definitely definitely would love to see some people go unbroken on the overhead squats um, because it's not that much weight. Hopefully we can stack it up and just make our legs do the work. They are going to be a little bit toasty, though, after those lateral burpees over the barbell. Um, So this workout, we don't have a time cap on it, uh, but I think it's going to take the better part of 15 minutes for most people. Try to find a consistent pace and make sure that you're not going out too hard on that first round because it's really the big round. If you pace that first round out and do your 20s smoothly, then you might be able to find it within yourself to start speeding up as you roll into the smaller numbers of 15 and especially as you hit the tens and then the fives to finish Uh, after that we are going to have some time in our hour so we'll run you through some mobility work Uh, we're going to work on our our lower back our thoracic spine our glutes kind of just that backside in general even into our hamstrings Uh, and then we'll spend some time in couch stretch and doing uh, pigeon pose either on the floor or on a box. So again, working on our hips uh, and glutes a little bit there as well. So that's what we've got going on Tuesday. Pretty uh, straightforward day. A good day to just really open up and slam that workout, especially the finish of it, with some high intensity. Um, Everything's relatively light. It's all doable. You can move pretty fast. Just be a little careful with the first round because if you go out too hot, you can really burn too many matches and then end up limping your way across the finish line. We want to see you guys speeding up as you go through those smaller rounds and also transitioning very quickly as you get into the smaller rounds because those transitions uh, become much more relevant as the number of repetitions completed shrinks. 
So Tuesday completed. Let's move on to our Wednesday workout. Uh, or actually, we're starting with some strength work. So like we've uh, we've talked about, and hopefully you guys are aware of by now, we are doing a front squat and shoulder to overhead cycle. So on Wednesday, we are going to do seven sets of five front squats between 70 and 80% of your one rep max. Um, <clears throat> those seven sets of five, it's not a massive number, five reps, but seven rounds of it is, is quite a couple. So you're going to do a lot of front squats on this day. Um, think about really holding good position, making sure that you own the placement of the bar on the shoulders. So you have a full grip on it, ideally, and then you're going about your squat. We really encourage that full grip because it has a great transfer over when we start pressing. Uh, if you think about a thruster, if you can't do a thruster when you're doing a front squat, then you should analyze what needs to change. Uh, that's the way I've trained for several years, encouraged a lot of people to train themselves. And I've seen a lot of improvement in their, in their movement overhead once they start to understand that idea. Once they start to engage their grip when they're doing front squats, then you see that they have a much cleaner pathway to putting weights overhead with a push press or a push jerk or a thruster especially because they're connected while also in a dip or a squat. So I strongly recommend you guys work on the mobility a little bit to try to get those elbows up and still keep a grip on the bar. And then also just remind yourself, remind yourself that it's part of the equation. It's easy to kind of get lazy and forget about doing that little bit of annoying hard work. But that little bit of annoying hard work can really change your connection to a barbell when we start cycling quick repetitions in and out of the shoulder. So seven sets of five on those front squats. There'll be enough time to rest there, recover pretty well, um, especially as you get to the last few sets when you're getting more tired and you're moving the most weight. After that, our workout is for time. We're going 21-15-9, calories on the rower, and that is the same number for guys and for girls. It's only 45 calories total this day, so I think it's, this is going to be manageable. After the calories on the rower, then you've got double that number in a handstand hold with a hip tap. Uh, so this, this can be a little confusing. We'll put out a video to demonstrate it on the Improvement Imminent page, so you guys will get to see it there, as well as we'll obviously show you as you show up to class, and we're coaching you through it. Basically what we're gonna do is the equivalent of a shoulder tap, uh, where we've wall climbed up and we're facing the, the wall and then raising our hand to touch our shoulder. Well, we're just gonna take it a step further. We're gonna try to raise the hand all the way up and tap our hip pocket. Um, if you need to scale this, we can keep our hands a little bit further away from the wall so you're in a little bit uh, more of a diagonal lean, right, instead of a completely vertical alignment for your body and your spine. If we need to go further than that, we can do it uh, in, the, in the box style where we've got our toes up on a box and our butt's high in the air, and then we are hands on the floor and reaching up and tapping our hip. So however you do this, it's going to be a good little bit of time upside down. You might have to do a couple sets to get through that many repetitions because the first round is double the number, so you're looking at 42 taps. Um, and a tap per hand is a rep. So right hand is a rep, left hand is number two, right hand is number three, left hand is number four, so on and so forth. Every time you touch a hip and return your hand to the ground, you've completed a repetition. So, 42 of those in round one, followed by four times the number in double-unders. Uh, so what's that come out to? 84 double-unders in round one. 
If you have to scale those double unders, um, then we will scale it to double the number in single skips. Uh, with single unders, uh, my bad, not single skips, single unders, we want to make sure that we're really trying to line up, hold that hollow, and just bounce. It's all about bouncing and then rolling the wrist. If you're getting good at single unders, I encourage you to start trying to push your way into double unders. It's a really good thing to do before and after a day's training when you can be a little bit more focused on it and less focused on the intensity of the workout. Uh, but double unders, they're, well, frankly, they're relatively basic and relatively simple, and they are going to keep showing up both in our program and in the, uh, the overarching CrossFit program that we compete against yearly with the Open. You will always see double unders in the Open, so make sure that you're taking it upon yourself to improve your capacity to do that relatively simple movement. All right. That workout, I think, can be done relatively fast. I don't know about those hip taps though. I've never done that many and I've never done that many while I'm already out of breath coming off a rower. So it's it's going to be interesting. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Then after that, right into double unders and shoulders are going to be a little bit fatigued. So be prepared to have maybe some sloppy feeling shoulders on those double unders once you pick up your rope. Try to stay relaxed. Stay relaxed, stay calm, and just push away from the floor with the, with the calves and the feet uh, so you can get the height you need to then tap that rope through twice. All right, let's move on to Thursday where we are going to kick off our day uh, with, with a series of death buys. So we're going to start with death buy pull-ups. Now, this has a little bit of a, a caveat on it. If you think you're capable of clearing the 15th round, so 15 minutes of that death buy if you're using a kipping pull-up, then I want you to use strict pull-ups instead. So personally, I know I can get past 15 uh, minutes in that if I just do a regular kipping pull-up. So instead, I'm going to get fewer minutes. I'll probably tap out pretty close or even under, I don't know, we'll see how it goes, probably around 10 minutes if I do strict pull-ups. So that's the path that I'm going to put myself on. Um, we don't want people going for 20, 22 minutes on this, and it is it is possible. I've seen it. So if you are that athlete who is quite good at pull-ups, then you got to go strict. you got to slow things down, try to find your hollow, and do smaller blocks of more difficult repetitions. Once you fail the death by pull-up, however you're doing it, then you get one minute of actual rest where you don't have to do anything. During that minute, you need to reset yourself, and then you're going to begin death by two hand-release push-ups. Make sure your quality is good there. Once you hit the chest on the ground, you're setting a good hollow to then press the body away from the floor. We should not be worming off the floor. We really shouldn't be worming to the floor either. Both the lower and the raised phase of the lift, your body should be well-structured. It should be organized. You should have control of your spine and your midline. Once you die in the two-hand release push-ups, you get another complete minute of rest. During that rest, transition and get ready because then you're going to start death by three air squats. Once that one runs out on you, you get one minute of rest, and then this workout on Thursday is going to finish with a one-mile timed run. So after doing pull-ups, after doing push-ups, after burning up the legs a little bit with the squats, 
now you get to go ahead and see how hard you can push to complete a mile run as quickly as possible. Um, I really like the look of this day, and it's not just because it has a lot of similarities to to Murph, which I've been doing a lot of. Um, I like this day because it's very simple. It's very straightforward. You can pretty much do it anywhere. Um, all you need is something to do a pull-up on, really. So this is this is CrossFit in its core. It's simple. It's it's functional movement. It's being able to move your body effectively and well and consistently and own your motion. So I really encourage you guys not to skip this one just because it looks like it's it might not be the most fun workout. You know, you get what you get out what you put in. If you put in a good attitude and a good effort, you'll get great results out of this thing. If you go in thinking that oh this isn't going to be that good, well then you're right you're going to find a way to make sure that that workout does not benefit you as much. And you did it before you even walked in the gym. So try to make sure your attitude is geared towards success and progress. If you've got that mindset, you can make any training beneficial for you. Once we finish that workout, we're going to do a little post-wad. You've got 15 sets of 15 seconds working and 15 seconds resting. You're going to be doing flutter kicks. So we're getting our body in a hollow, trying to keep our shoulders, our shoulder blades off the ground, and then flutter those feet. They should only be between six and about eh, 18 inches at most off the ground, right? We're not kicking up way high where our, where our foot is directly above our hip. They should stay out away from the body. Toes should be pointed and they should be bouncing up and down pretty quickly. 15 seconds on, 15 seconds off. I think after about two, three minutes of that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to start to burn pretty good. And you're going to be at this for a couple minutes. So do what you can, right? Work really hard, have fun with it, and uh, enjoy the burn. Those abs are going to get a little bit lit up. All right. Thursday completed. Friday, we are going to begin uh, with our workout. It's going to be 10 rounds for time. And we're doing two power clean and jerks, pretty heavy, followed by four bar muscle ups. If we got to scale that, we are going to scale it to uh, eight knees to elbows. And that ideally is an actual knee to your elbow, literal contact between those two joints. And then finally, you've got eight kettlebell swings on the heavier side, 70 pounds for guys, 53 for gals. It is a proper kettlebell swing or an American kettlebell swing, uh, which means that we're going straight overhead with a vertical kettlebell. So 10 rounds of that. The two power clean and jerks are prescribed at 70% of your one rep max on a power clean and jerk or a clean and jerk, really whatever your heaviest ground to overhead is. Uh, We're taking 70-ish percent of that, and you're going to pick it up two times each round. So a total of 20 reps with that. That's going to be pretty significant. Um, that's a that's a reasonably heavy lift to do that many reps with with other movements thrown in. So make sure that you're getting a good setup. You're being very technically aware of how you're trying to lift that bar, because one sloppy lift and you're throwing a lot more risk at yourself um, as far as as far as just how the outcome to that lift is. Make sure that you are really owning your setup and owning the operation of picking up that bar and putting it overhead. Under those bar muscle-ups, if you can do bar muscle-ups but four is too many, do fewer. I'd much rather you continue to work on building capacity with that movement than abandon it because there's just too many reps in the workout. Right? Scale the number, 
do two bar muscle-ups and improve your understanding of the mechanics of the movement. Then the eight kettlebell swings, make sure you're really using your glutes to send that weight up. We really shouldn't be trying to pull it and push it with our arms. If you are, you're probably going to find those power clean and jerks get a lot more difficult. Make sure you use the big muscles. Use the glutes to send that kettlebell on its trajectory, and then the arms will just guide it overhead and stop it at the top. Once that workout's done, we have a little test to finish our day with. It is a max duration wall sit. So you're going to put your back against the wall, hold your knees uh, in flexion at 90 degrees, and keep yourself there as long as you can until you quit. Um, I will tell you that myself included, every single one of us is going to quit on this. We won't really fail because mentally it's very, very, very difficult to the point to get to the point where our body really needs to actually stop. It's mentally hard to get there because we're in a lot of pain before we're anywhere near that point. So when this starts burning, just remind yourself, you're nowhere near your limits. You are far more capable of staying on that wall than you think in that given moment. Try to see past it, see yourself doing another 30 seconds successfully, and then make that 30 seconds happen. And just do it bite by bite. Right? It's easy to get overwhelmed when things get uncomfortable. You have to stay focused and realize that just five more seconds, five more seconds keeps taking you closer to something. Now, in this case, there is no finish line, so stay up there as long as you are willing. Um, I think we're going to see some decently long wall sits here. We'll see what you guys are made of. All right, on to Saturday. To close out the week, we are going to be doing a partner workout. You're going to be working with uh, somebody else to complete four-time 40 burpees over your partner. Your partner has to hold themselves in a high plank. If you are a confident pair, then jump over your partner's hips. That'll be a relatively high point, and it'll be a significant amount of work. If you're not so confident in your jumping, then hang out down by their ankles and jump over their feet. Um, it'll be much lower, much more reasonable, and probably feel safer for you. After those 40 reps, then you're going to move on to 30 sumo deadlift high pulls. We've got it prescribed at 95 pounds for guys, 65 pounds for ladies. You've got 20 thrusters to do with that same weight, then 10 wall climbs, and then we're going to see ourselves out the way we came in. So 20 thrusters again, 30 sumo deadlift high pulls, 40 burpees over your partner, and you may split this work as you desire. So with those burpees, I'm going to think that you guys are probably going to break it down into smaller bites so you can do quick reps and then trade positions. With the sumo deadlift high pulls and the thrusters, I would recommend doing slightly bigger sets so there's fewer transitions. With the wall climbs, I don't really know. I guess uh, see what see what you got at that point because your shoulders will be a little tired, you'll be out of breath, and now you got to climb up and down the wall ten times. So just communicate with your partner there, and then on the second half, uh, I would say continue to do the same. Communication is going to be key because no matter how well you think you've got it planned out there's a good chance that you're going to get halfway through it and uh, not quite feel the same about the workout. Um, if you and your partner are on different levels, then you can use two different barbells. Uh, just try to be reasonable about it. Let's not have five million barbells everywhere and uh, cluttering up the whole gym and making things unsafe. So make sure you've got good control over your gear and you're communicating well with your partner so we can be successful and safe on this workout.
Oh, yeah, and uh, cadre peeps. I know that we have a town hall meeting on Saturday after the first class of this and before the second class. So please, if you can, uh, stop on in and knock out this workout and then hang out to, uh, to see what we've got in store for you. Uh, or get in a little bit early so you can find out what's going on before you do this workout. Either way, hopefully we see you guys in the gyms.